Hello and welcome to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for joining us for another segment. We're going to be joined this morning by Dr. Jennifer Gudeman. She's joining us here from Avidel Pharmaceuticals to talk about some new data on narcolepsy. Welcome to Health Professional Radio, Dr. Jennifer Gudeman. My pleasure, Neil. Thank you for having me. Give our listeners a bit of your professional background. I did, of course, say that you're joining us here from Avidel Pharmaceuticals. Uh, Tell us what it is that you do, what you love about what you do, and your role there at Avidel. Perfect. So I am Vice President of Medical and Clinical Affairs for Avidel Pharmaceuticals. And by way of background, I am a pharmacist or PharmD, which is a doctorate of pharmacy. I've been in the pharmaceutical industry for 20 years, focused upon women's health for the vast majority of that time. I'm inspired at what our industry can do, typically requiring years and years of research and development in order to improve the lives of patients. And this rings particularly true for the therapeutic area of narcolepsy and what we have been working toward at Avidel. In my role, I will be working on publications and scientific presentations so that the medical community can evaluate FT218, which is an investigational once-nightly sodium oxidate. I'm fortunate to work alongside an experienced and talented team, including a neurologist and sleep medicine specialist, Dr. David Seiden, as our medical director. In addition to publishing our data for peer review and presentations at medical conferences, we also have an ongoing open-label study, and that means that all patients receive the active medication, FT218, or once-nightly sodium oxidase. It's important to us to better understand the patient experience with taking this medication, particularly as patients switch from a twice a night sodium oxabate regimen. So what is narcolepsy? Explain some of the symptoms and why is this such a burden to the patients that you're trying to treat? Absolutely. Happy to. So first, all patients who have narcolepsy experience excessive daytime sleepiness. And I'm sure that you and your audience can identify with being tired, but for people who are living with narcolepsy, this is beyond the -the run-of-the-mill sleepiness that we all sometimes experience. People with narcolepsy have an inability to control their sleep-wake cycle, and that means that at night, they have fragmented, unsatisfying sleep. They may sleep for a normal amount of time, but they generally don't wake up feeling refreshed because they don't have enough time spent in the deepest phase of sleep, which is known as slow-wave sleep, and is considered restorative. People with narcolepsy also sometimes experience a feeling of being paralyzed while they're trying to sleep or having very vivid hallucinations, both of which can be incredibly frightening to patients. As we talk about symptoms, it's important to recognize that narcolepsy is divided into type 1 and type 2. For type 1 narcolepsy, these patients also experience something called cataplexy, and that's a sudden loss of muscle control, typically in response to an emotion. Could be something as simple as laughing or being surprised or becoming angry. And cataplexy can manifest very subtly with minor facial drooping or dropping of items, or it can be as dramatic as a full body collapse. For people who have type 2 narcolepsy, they have the symptoms of excessive daytime sleepiness and often have those nocturnal disturbances, but they don't experience cataplexy. When we think about the burden, 
for these patients. And, and this is about one in 2,000 Americans who suffer from narcolepsy. Most of us know what it's like if we have one bad night's sleep, how much that can affect everything that we do, our interactions at work, how we are showing up for loved ones, all of that can be compromised. Now, just imagine if you were to experience that day after day, year after year, having sleep that's not refreshing, and then having these sudden, vicious onsets of the need to sleep. Oftentimes, in situations that are very incompatible with sleeping, such as students sitting in a lecture, someone sitting in a professional work meeting, or even while driving a car. And what really mo motivates us at Avidel is the recognition that these people living with narcolepsy are often labeled and stigmatized as being lazy or incompetent. And I'll give you one example that has really stuck with me as a, a gut-wrenching example of what how narcolepsy can impact a person's life. There was a father who did not attend his own daughter's wedding because he knew that the happiness of the day would likely trigger an attack of cataplexy. And he didn't want to have that disruption on his daughter's big day. So the stigma and just the fear of the event is enough to keep a person isolated. And I'm sure that brings on all sorts of uh, other uh, mental challenges as well. That's exactly right, Neil. This can have so many impacts on a patient's life, on their ability to form relationships, their ability to advance professionally. Now, is there a cure for narcolepsy or are we talking about lifelong management? I know we're going to discuss some, some new data for treatment, but is there a cure? So unfortunately, there currently is no cure for narcolepsy, and you're exactly right. Once a patient is diagnosed with this chronic neurological condition, they typically will require lifelong treatment in order to, uh, to manage their symptoms and allow them to function. Why is there a, a significant need for, for new treatments? Great question. So for many, many decades, the focus has been on combating excessive daytime sleepiness. And what was historically used were amphetamines or stimulants. So the same type of medications that are often prescribed to treat ADHD. There's been newer wake promoting agents that have been FDA approved as well, but the vast majority of these only address the daytime sleepiness. While these medications do help patients, they don't address the nocturnal symptoms that I mentioned. In addition, insomnia may be a common side effect experience. There's been a medication called sodium oxidase, which has been FDA approved since 2002 to treat both excessive daytime sleepiness and cataplexy. Sodium oxidase is taken at bedtime and it induces sleep. However, for nearly 20 years, the only form of sodium oxidase was an immediate release medication. Because the drug has a short half-life, meaning it doesn't stay in the body for very long, patients would need to take a second dose two and a half hours to four hours after that first dose. Mm -hmm. So if you went to bed at 10 p.m., you'd prepare your two doses of sodium oxidate, you'd take that first dose just prior to bed, and then you would have to wake up, oftentimes with an alarm, between 12.30 a.m. and 2 a.m. to take your second dose. And despite that regimen that a lot of us without narcolepsy might not be able to imagine complying with, 
people who have been able to take twice nightly sodium oxidate have described it as transformational in managing their, their narcolepsy. So they report that it's a very good thing, these two doses, but they still have to wake up and disrupt their sleep. Well, I want to clarify the the patient experience with sodium oxabate. What's described as transformational is the recognition that it is effective in reducing their daytime sleepiness to allow them to function, that it reduces those cataplexy attacks, the sudden loss of muscle control, and that it helps to consolidate sleep. So in contrast to what a lot of people may perceive of narcolepsy, many patients have difficulty with waking up at many points during the night. So sodium oxabate helps with this, but the fact that they have to awaken to take that second dose can be an impediment for some patients where they either don't start on treatment or they discontinue treatment. What would you say are the major takeaways of this study? So we were absolutely thrilled to have the opportunity to present new data at the annual Sleep Congress. That's a joint meeting between the American Academy of Sleep Medicine and the Sleep Research Society. It's the premier clinical and scientific meeting in the field of sleep. And we presented six posters on FT218, the investigational once nightly form of sodium oxabate under review at FDA. So a little bit of background. The pivotal trial, which we believe will support FDA approval, enrolled 212 adults with narcolepsy. The trial had three co-primary endpoints, assessing the length of time that patients were able to stay awake as evaluated by standardized testing. Secondly, the clinician's overall rating of the patient's improvement with treatment. And for those who had type one narcolepsy, the reduction in weekly cataplexy attacks. All endpoints, of course, were compared to placebo, and for all of these endpoints, FT218 demonstrated a statistically significant and clinically meaningful improvement compared to placebo. Importantly, those improvements were recognized by week three, which was the earliest time where a formal assessment was undertaken, and that was also with the lowest dose that was being evaluated of six grams. The new data that we presented mid-June included three post-hoc analyses. First, the benefit with FT218 was demonstrated regardless of narcolepsy type 1 or type 2. Second, the benefit with FT218 was demonstrated whether patients were taking stimulants or not. And it's important to recognize that many patients will need more than one medicine to control their symptoms. And so our trial allowed for patients to be on stable doses of medications, such as methylphenidate or modafinil, prior to study entry. Regardless of whether patients were taking stimulants, FT218 improved these patients' symptoms compared to placebo. And then lastly, a post-hoc analysis that looked at body mass index, or BMI, and weight. Many people who have narcolepsy also struggle to manage their weight. Nearly 18% of the participants treated with FT218 had a weight loss of 5% or greater, compared to only about 4% in the placebo group. Where can our listeners get some more information about Avidel and about the study? 
So for more information about Avidel, our website is Avidel, A-V-A-D-E-L.com. And for the ongoing open label study, the website is restore-narcolepsy-study.com. Well, I appreciate you joining us here on Health Professional Radio this morning, and uh, maybe we'll get a chance to speak again. It would be my pleasure, Neil. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Dr. Jennifer Guterman, Vice President, Medical and Clinical Affairs at Avidel Pharmaceuticals. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, listen in, download it, SoundCloud, and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio.